There are traumatic things that happened to me in the past that continue to happen to me over and over again. It got to the point where I developed PTSD. I would be walking somewhere and my head would be turned 180 degrees behind me to see if there was someone that was going to drag me down an alley. Am I safe? Your brain's like, yeah, girl, you're safe. But the body, it does the, <gasps> the reaction. Have you ever had that happen? I didn't even notice how bad it was. I did other types of therapy, medication for PTSD, didn't go away. Worked for a short period of time for me, and then they did not. That is why I'm in this therapy. Welcome to The Madeline Show. Hello, welcome back to The Madeline Show. Today's episode is juicy. <laughs> I am going to share with you my experience with EMDR. That is eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. It's a type of therapy. It's very different than any type of therapy I've ever experienced being in talk therapy in and out the majority of my life since middle school, I believe, was the first time I went. And we've got little Eli here, if you're watching on YouTube. This is my tiny Cavapoo. He is 11 pounds. Maybe he's 12 pounds. He's half King Charles Cavalier, half Toy Poodle, and he is adorable. He's adorable. He's amazing. And he's really sleepy, cuddling up on the pillows behind me on the couch. EMDR, what a journey it has been. I am going to walk you through what it's like to be in a clinician's office doing this unique type of therapy. It's a lot different than I had expected. And I want to share with you my experience because I found out about it through someone else. And it's been incredible and incredibly difficult. It's not exactly a therapy that I look forward to going to. And I'm going to explain why to you here. The amount of trauma that gets processed in one session is otherworldly, literally. And I'll get into more of that later on in the episode. So you're going to want to keep listening. The first thing I want to talk to you about is how it works, at least how, how it works as the patient. So you find your EMDR therapist, you go into their office. I toyed around with the idea of doing it virtually, but from the feedback that I got from my talk therapist, because I have an EMDR therapist and I have a talk therapist, uh, the talk therapist I see virtually and she actually does EMDR, but recommended I get it done in person. And this is important. You want to make sure that it's done right. And so that is the advice that I got from my therapist. And so I found someone that does it in person. Now, my EMDR practitioner, he has two speakers on either side of me on the couch. And so the whole eye movement thing, you're closing your eyes. I guess you can actually keep them open. I close my eyes and the speakers on either side of my ears sound like a metronome. So they go like ding, 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 ding. Sounds like a really slow ping pong match. And I'm supposed to follow my eyes back and forth with that ping pong ball sound. You can also, from what I've heard, have someone move their finger in front of your eyes and you follow it back and forth, back and forth. The point is to get your eyes moving at a certain speed and that does something to bring you into your feeling brain. And so this whole EMDR thing is supposed to help you process trauma and get you to a point where you're not 
personalizing the things that happen to you. So imagine having the world crumble all around outside of you. You know, you experience a breakup, family member dies, and you lose your job, and you're still able to find your space of calm inside and not be triggered. That's my goal with the EMDR. Now, I'm not a certified trauma healer. I do have an episode here on The Madeline Show, episode 17, you can go check out on Achieving Post-Traumatic Growth with Maria Dominique Lopez. It is fantastic. So cue that up if you want to learn more about healing your trauma and what it's like to grow after you've experienced a traumatic event. In terms of the EMDR, in my experience, I honestly am not 100% sure how it works, but I can tell you how I'm different. I know that I sit there and I move my eyes back and forth and moving the eyes back and forth for 15 seconds at a certain speed allows me to start accessing these old memories. Majority of the memories, all, all of the memories actually are not great. <laughs> The only time I'm feeling any sort of peace, which I do now sometimes in the sessions, is like this voice kind of comes in like God or something. And when I'm experiencing these traumatic events, it tells me, well, it's going to be okay. In fact, it already is okay. And this is new. I've done about eight or nine sessions. And instead of going from traumatic event to traumatic event, you know, growing sad in the experience and creating these emotions, these old memories are stirring up these these emotions inside of me. I feel like I'm back in the, the memory. I now at times will have this voice, this presence, this awareness that's honestly coming from me that says, it's okay. You're okay. And that has been ridiculous because normally, I mean, I'm in, I'm in EMDR for a reason, right? There are traumatic things that happened to me in the past uh, that continue to happen to me over and over again. And it got to the point where I developed PTSD and I couldn't walk down a road without my head being on a swivel. I would be walking somewhere and my head would be turned 180 degrees behind me to see if there was someone that was going to drag me down an alley. Like it was not great. And I didn't even notice how bad it was until luckily outside people, friends at the time were looking in and helped me realize like you should go to therapy for this. Well, I went to therapy for the PTSD in 2018 did not find EMDR until this past year. So I did other types of therapy. I did medication for PTSD. Didn't go away. Those things worked for a short period of time for me, and then they did not. And so what's interesting about this EMDR experience is that I sit in the office, I bring up all of these traumatic events, and then I leave. <laughs> There's no talk therapy processing like oh so you know you know that that wasn't your fault right like you know that the reason that that happened had nothing to do with your worth here's the problem with talk therapy is that your logical brain gets it you have the conversation with the therapist you feel good about it in the moment you're like yeah you're right you're right i do have control yeah you're right those things are in the past the talk therapy doesn't as easily access the feeling part of your brain, the deep limbic system, which is what EMDR accesses. That deep limbic part of your brain is what runs the show. It's what reacts and makes your body 
move when there's a loud noise and you're a single female living at home and you're like, what was that? (laughs) Am I safe? Your brain's like, yeah, girl, you're safe. You're living in upper middle class neighborhood. You're fine. Like the worst things that happen here are that cars get broken into. You're, You're good. But the body, body is controlled by that deep limbic system in the brain and it does the the reaction have you ever had that happen where you know that let's just take something a little more mild have you ever been hurt by someone who did something to you on accident right like they didn't mean to hurt you they said something or they did something or they didn't do something and they didn't intentionally mean to hurt you but you were devastated you felt attacked you you personalized the experience even though your your brain knows they didn't go out of their way to hurt me but your body you feel hurt you were triggered so that is that disassociation between the front part of your brain the prefrontal cortex knowing this person didn't actively go out of their way to hurt me but deep limbic is hurt is triggered because you're personalizing what happened and you're personalizing it because of what has already happened to you the past those memories those things that your body remembers those things that the deep limbic part of your brain doesn't forget it's way easier to train the prefrontal cortex than the deep limbic part of our brain and that back part of our brain that is what is developed when you're a child so that part of your prefrontal cortex isn't developed until later on and so your whole life is being run on this feeling part of your brain and i think that's why a lot of therapists and trauma healers and people talk about well it's really important to get to know your childhood self because that is the part of your brain that's running the show at least for me and from what I've learned from the different types of therapy I've been involved in and just the different research that I've done. I'm really into getting to know me and my body and my brain and how it works. I highly recommend you do research too. Go out there and start learning about the brain. Pick up some books. Dr. Amen, he's a psychiatrist and a neurologist. So he is fantastic to go read up on his books. You can go and listen to some podcasts by Andrew Huberman. He's great as well. Anyone that can help you figure out your body is going to be a game changer. Like your life will change the more you learn about how and why your body does the things that it does. And the body and brain are connected. So my favorite part and the best way to to describe the way EMDR works is it's like you have these two parts of your brain. The feeling part of your brain, I like imagine that in the back, the prefrontal cortex in the front, and they're just operating separate from each other. They're like wearing different clothes, going to different clubs. They're living completely separate lives, but they're living in the same zone, right? They're both in your head. And so what we're doing with the EMDR is getting them to hang out. We like want them to date, right? We want them to meet. And so the EMDR allows them to meet somehow. Don't ask me the science behind this. I don't know. I just know my experience. So these two part of my brains, they get to meet when I'm in this EMDR therapy once a week. And like I said, that metronome sound is only for 15 second periods, back and forth, back and forth. And then the brain's somehow causes those two parts of the brain to meet for a second. And then we take a break and I tell the therapist what happened, what I saw, what I experienced, how it made me feel, where the feeling was in my body. Within those 15 seconds, 
jump around between upwards of years worth of memories. It's like being in a dream when you live like multiple days in the dream, but really you were only asleep for, you know, six to eight hours. And actually that one dream was only like 90 minutes of your life. That's kind of what it's like in EMDR, except you're not asleep. But you do within those 15 to 20 seconds of eye movement back and forth. For me, at least, I go through so many different memories and I feel them and I experience them. And it's just wild because then I come out of it. I come back into the the thinking part of my brain. And that's when I get to see how all of those different memories were connected. And that is the part that allows these two brains to meet. I have all of these different feelings, all of these different memories, all these different experiences, and I access them through the metronome, eye movements, and then I come back. I mean, I'm always here. It's not like it's not like I'm hypnotized or anything. I'm in full control. And I come back, I open my eyes basically, and that's when I explain, you know, what I went through to the therapist and the connections are made. My logical brain starts to get a glimpse of, oh, Well, that memory and that memory and that memory and that memory, which were all at different parts of your life with different people, they all centered around one common wound of needing to be perfect, for example. It's like one of my themes. And then there's not necessarily the talk therapy part that allows you to like mentally process that. Instead, you just hold on to that feeling of needing to be perfect. And where does it feel in your body? Let's say I feel it in my heart. And then you think about the last memory that came up while you're doing the eye movement stuff and you you go back back in to the metronome and the eyes moving back and forth. And then you go through a whole nother sequence of memories, you know, and in a 15 to 20 second period. And then you come back out, you open your eyes and you notice, okay, this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. Oh, and this was the central theme. And then you focus on that. And that is the cycle. You do that over and over again until the end of the session. And then here's the very interesting part about all of this is that you leave the office and you're left to process all of it on your own. And so it is very uncomfortable. You go through a lot of traumatic events. If if you're in EMDR, you're probably processing trauma. And you go about your day now continuing to find the pattern. Your brain just continues to subconsciously like work through this and consciously it'll get brought up. Um, But at some point during the day, you know, you forget that you were in EMDR or you go about your grocery shopping and you're not thinking about all the things you were thinking about earlier. And then you have this aha, this aha moment. Oh, that one thing that was then connected to that first thing meant this for me now and i finally can see that for what it is had nothing to do with me and my self-worth had nothing to do with x y and z it's a process that making this video in case anyone out there just needed to hear the words emdr again right someone else maybe planted the seed then maybe you were doing some research and it came up for you on the internet and now you're seeing this video and you're like oh Okay, so that was Madeline's experience with it. Maybe I will give it a go. It's something that I had heard about for years before I ever did it. It took multiple people, multiple things bringing it into my reality for me to actually go and seek out the practitioner and make the time to go do it and now continue to go back. I already tried to bail. I told him, I was like, I think I'm good. You know, I've done, I've done my eight sessions. I'm feeling pretty good. 
I was feeling this anxiety around telling him that I thought that I should be done with the therapy. And then that triggered a whole new deal because I had a therapist before that like made me feel really bad about not wanting to do therapy with him anymore. And you can you can get to a point with a therapist where you either, you know, outgrow them or you heal or for whatever reason, they're no longer serving you. And the response from my therapist when that happened was that I'm clearly still wounded if I want to stop therapy with him. And it was so fucking weird. And I'm so glad that I stopped seeing him because it was like he was making me feel bad for wanting to leave the situation. It went from in-person therapy to virtual therapy, probably met for like nine plus months. And I got to a point where like I was feeling really good and I was and I didn't need therapy again for another year and a half. (laughs) And then I brought that up to this current EMDR therapist and he told me I'm the boss. And that just like made me feel good and safe. Like, yeah, you're right. This is up to me. And then through that, I realized all of the other things, all of the other times in my life where I had been coerced into doing something All of the different times that I had been some literally forced into doing things I didn't want to do and that there was still a lot of trauma around those that needed to be processed. So everyone's journey is different. Oh my goodness. Awareness of mental health is so important. Why I'm making this episode feeling a little nervous doing this, vulnerable for sure. I'm like, wow, you're just talking about your trauma to the world. (laughs) Really, I'm just looking at a camera right now, but I'm talking directly to you, a single person and also people all across the planet. And if I'm not going to, then who is? There are people out there that spoke up and it influenced and benefited me. And so I feel like it's my duty to speak up, speak up to all of you about what I experienced, because even if it helps one person, it was worth it. And I believe talking about it, just allowing it to come out of my throat through this microphone, through this camera to you helps me process and understand what's really going on. I'm now starting to, like I'd said at the beginning of this video, see that all the things that have happened and not even just see, but really feel and and, and know having this connection between, you know, the lobes, literal lobes in my brain to truly feel that I've grown and risen over these mountains that have just crumbled on top of me over and over again in life. I don't think that you have to live in a constant state of being triggered. I don't think that we need to control what other people say because of how we feel. I think it's up to us to work on ourselves and control how we respond or react to what other people say. Words can be harmful and painful and can cause deep wounds and scarring for a very, very long time. I understand that. That is why I'm in this therapy. And all I'm saying is that it doesn't have to be like that forever. There are so many tools and resources out there. There are so many opportunities to heal and learn more about yourself and get to a point where you're not constantly being triggered by everything, but it takes healing your trauma and getting to it on the bodily level, like not just talking about it, but really allowing 
the experiences to be processed in these different parts of your brain, allowing them to be released from your body, which is what Maria talks about in episode 17 that I referred you to earlier. And if you're loving this conversation around healing and mental health and you want to just be in this a little bit longer, you can go listen to episode 22 of the Madeline Show podcast called Mental Health Awareness for Entrepreneurs. Leif McCrum and I have a candid conversation about recovery from mental illness and how to be successful as a sensitive human here on this planet. And the way I define success is not just being at the mountaintop because I don't believe summits actually exist. <laughs> success to me is being unshakable. It's being so in your being, so in you, so you, that whatever is happening around you externally doesn't matter. It doesn't shake you. You might still have an opinion about it. You might still take action and do something about it, but it doesn't change who you are being. Who you are being is truly up to you. And if you feel like it's not up to you, if you feel so sensitive that everything around you or even the littlest things around you are shaking your body to your core, then I highly, highly recommend looking into some different types of therapy for yourself, getting professional help on board. It is amazing to have a team of people surrounding you, helping you, bringing in new tools, and allowing you to see yourself in a whole new way. I so wish that for you, to just have the love and the capacity to be more of yourself. Thank you so much for coming here and hanging out with me on The Madeline Show. Till next time, see you guys later. Has your brain ever gotten in the way of you bringing those wild dreams of yours to life? I have something for you. All you gotta do is leave a review and send a screenshot to hello at themadelineshow.com just like you see it here below and turn worry into motivation with this exclusive visualization that I created for you. This is my secret weapon that leaves lasting mindset shifts in your brain in 10 minutes or less. Say goodbye to impossible syndrome as you continue to move forward on those big scary goals all you have to do is leave that review on apple comment below here on youtube or give us five stars on spotify to qualify i am so excited to deliver this straight to your inbox it's one year from today and you're looking back on this moment right here thinking wow i cannot believe i did all of that you spoke on 20 aligned podcasts and you have 10 more booked for next year already. There's five big time magazines that featured you and your business sharing your message with the world. You put yourself out there and spoke in person to an audience so excited to support your brand. Your products are selling without having to post about them and your email list, that thing tripled. You had the time of your life doing what you do best, speaking from the soul with no pressure and a whole lot of fun. You even got your feet wet pitching your first TED talk, and you can't wait to hear back. This is just a taste of what's possible when you join Speak Up, a movement of entrepreneurs we meet every single month to master the art of public speaking and the strategy behind getting the gig so you can take your brand to that next level. Get visible, speak powerfully, and get that gig, my friend. Sign up at themadelineshow.com slash speakup to leverage new speaking opportunities today so you can get off the content creation hamster wheel and start showing up for your brand like the brilliant CEO I know you already are.